Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Friday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harridge here with your daily VRA Investing Podcast. Another big day today in the market. It's a great way to end the week as we head into uh, really the heart of uh, first quarter earnings, which start next week with the banks. Uh, and this is uh, pretty much a textbook bull market, what we've seen so far. We do have a couple of concerns. I'll share with you in a minute. Don't like these internals very much. Uh, four out of five days with bad internals. Even as the market keeps plowing ahead, that's bullish because the only thing that really matters at the end of the day is price action. But again, we, we key off the internals here closely, so I'll cover that in just a moment. But let's not, uh, let's not uh, forget about the most important thing. This is a big day today. All-time highs again today, multiple indexes. Also, just a phenomenal smart money hour. Same thing yesterday, seeing this pattern emerge again, the final hour of trading it's just nothing but nothing but buys. Nothing, nothing but buys. And that's what you want to see. A great bull market. The smart money hour is where the action takes place to the upside. Uh, of course, it works both ways. But uh, we happen to, 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 to just rally uh, right into the close hard. Dow Jones finishing up 297 points at 33,800. And guess what? That is an all-time high. Same thing with the S&P 500, 4128. Up a, a, a big 31 points today, uh, and uh, that uh, S&P 500 Dow Jones pretty much up to about the same amount today. Nasdaq was weak all day, really struggling. Remember, it led yesterday, as did the small caps. Nasdaq struggled all day, and here came the last hour of trading. Here came nothing but buy orders, led by Megatech. Uh, they're they're back, folks. Everybody that said uh, <clears throat> a 1.7 percent 10 year is the kiss of death for big tech. Uh, oops, maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, all-time highs, Facebook, all-time highs, Google. Apple today up 1.9%. Amazon today up an even bigger 2.9%, or t- excuse me, 2.1%. So this is the kind of bull market we want to see with tech leading. Again, tech was weak early, finished strong. NASDAQ finished up 70 points. At 13,900, not an all-time high, but, uh, whoa, is that right? You know, I think this is a bad bad print here. Uh, NASDAQ's 13,900, and that is not an all-time high. It can't be an all-time high. I'm getting some strange readings on my screen here, but it's not an all-time high. It's still a great day today. Across the board, except for Rust 2000. Again, Rust 2000 led yesterday. Today, it was in the in the tank pretty much all day. Uh, it really is the reason that our internals were a big part of the reason our internals were so bad. And why are small caps lagging? But we love the chart. We actually fe- featured this morning with our VRA members that this is Rust 2000 IWM uh, is the best looking chart there is based on the way we read things. Didn't do that today, but. We're on record as saying next week, next week could be a blazing move higher for small caps. They typically lag. We see the leadership now is in the big tech, big big names. Rust 2000 tends to lag, but when it gets going, it really gets going. And what's interesting about the small caps, Rust 2000, is that it's still 6% below an all-time high. You know, NASDAQ's less than 2% below all-time high. Of course, we have all-time highs in, in, in SP 500 and Dow Jones, so... We like small caps heading to next week. But uh, what, why were they down today? Well, 
Uh, oil's been weak. Energy stocks weak with it. That was the case again today. And also, for some reason, the biotechs. Uh, XBI, which is the uh, SP500 biotech ETF, was down over 2% today. That's a big move in a market up this big. And then the uh, small cap uh, uh, biotech ETF, the symbol there is IBB. It was down a half percent today. That really accounts for uh, uh, Rust 2000 being flat today. And bank stocks are, are taking off. Uh, they're beginning to try to. They've had a good run, of course. But as Tyler pointed out to me, XLF, the financial ETF, finished at an all-time high today. Uh, all-time highs today, again, Dow Jones, S&P 500, XLK, that's the big tech ETF, uh, XLF, the financials, and HGX. Housing index hitting another all-time high today of 2%. It really is textbook from the point of view of, of, of our leading economic indicators. When we see the industrials, transports, housing hitting all-time high, folks, that just doesn't happen in a market that's going to roll over or that wants to go lower. They lead lower. They're leading higher. That's bullish. So you know, I think we think we're in great shape heading into next week. A couple points I'll make about that. Sunday night, for some unknown reason, Jay Powell, the rock star, the money printing meme, Mr. Powell is going to be on 60 Minutes on Sunday night. Why? Probably to talk about global warming. Probably to talk about transgenderism. Probably to talk about why little Johnny can't read. There's no reason that our Federal Reserve Chairman should ever be on 60 Minutes, which is just propaganda now. When that, of course, there's your answer, right? There's your answer. Uh, but, you know, he'll be talking about free money. He'll be talking about low rates forever. And look, I can make the case that our planners need to be doing exactly what they're doing right now because our mortal enemy is China. And they have got a ring fence around their people and their economy and they got a lot of people, and they're moving in lockstep, and they're ramping up their defense. They're, they're becoming more aggressive. There's rumors about what they might do with, with Taiwan. And if the argument is, unless we come together and start with our planners really taking control, printing all this money, because debt no longer matters. I think that's something we can all agree to now. Uh, and it, I would never have said this. I don't think I've ever said it before, uh, besides just having casual conversations with, uh, with friends and, and clients. But it's pretty crystal clear now that debt no longer matters. And, and I, know, I know what that means when you say it, and it sounds ridiculous. It sounds like a warning sign. Okay, keep, keep saying that debt no longer matters. That means we're about to have a crash, and maybe we will in the debt markets. But I don't think so. I think this is a whole other ball game happening here. Uh, and the people that are worried about debt are really missing the big picture. There's, whole, there's something else going on here. It started with the coronavirus insanity. Actually started before that. But there's another game being played that I think only a very small percentage of our government and our, our leaders, our planners know about. So what can we do to, to, to temper that? What, how can we make money from that? Really, it's the one thing that you always have control over, and that is watching price action, right? That's why we have our VR, VRA investing system. 
That's why, as I continue to report about these internals bothering me, but that's another story. The bottom line is, though, the market's going higher. Interest rates at 1.66%. Not at all. It's just not a concern. Uh, just a reminder, when the uh, dot-com melt-up took place from 1995 to 2000, the average yield on the 10-year was 4.6%, 4. 4. 4, we'll call it. But during that five years, the 10-year traded often with a yield of better than 6%. Folks, we're 1.6% now. These yields do not matter. And when the Federal Reserve is buying $120 billion of, uh, of, of, of U.S. debt, mortgage securities, when they're buying that every month, it's just very difficult for rates to go, to go higher. And, of course, the fact that rates are still negative in Germany and Japan, and that creates the gravity we talk about often here, the supply and demand, uh, of why would you buy negative rates when you can go to the U.S. and get 1.6%? And that, that demand for our debt, along with the safety and security of it plus the higher yields, is what keeps a lid on rates and we believe will continue to keep a lid on rates. Remember, we've only had declining rates for 40 years. Kind of a repeating pattern. Kind of a repeating pattern that interest rates keep going lower. Not really a bold call that I'm making, but there seem to be a lot of people in our financial news uh, networks and throughout Wall Street that have forgotten how to read a chart, a 40-year chart. Uh, with a pretty clear channel of lower rates. And we're right, we, we had just bumped up against that higher channel line, by the way, too. So, uh, <clears throat> okay, the other big point, we focused on this today. We've Tyler talked about this podcast yesterday. Yeah, you could say there's a lot of froth in the market. I mean, you could say that. I'm not saying that because I, I remember what froth is. I remember 95 to 2000. I remember the run up to the housing uh, and financial uh, uh, crash and crisis of, of 2007, 8, 9. But this is not that. Again, housing's not collapsing. Housing's at all-time highs, right? We're not seeing any of the things we've seen in past tops. As far as greed goes when it comes to sentiment, yeah, there are sentiment gauges that are flashing red. We're not oblivious to those. We see the put-call ratio uh, trading at ridiculously low levels, meaning everyone's buying calls. We get that. That is a warning sign, by the way. We see that 95% of all S&P 500 stocks are trading above the 200-day moving average. That's a pretty classic warning sign. 90% are trading above the 50-day. But these are not guarantees of a move lower. What we see instead are pretty classic signs that tell us there's not froth. The VIX, fear index. The VIX today closed at 16.69. Yes, that's a lot lower. It's been, it's been finally been plummeting. But remember, the, the VIX has been over 20 for forever. And even at 16.69 where it closed today, our market tops in the past have occurred when the VIX was at 9 or 10. So there's still a lot of fear in this market. And that tells us, and also the savings rate, 15%. No, the public's not head over heels in stocks. They're head over heels with savings accounts. But that money is beginning to come into stocks. Again, these are classic bull market melt-up signs. And don't forget the fear and greed index. It's really our favorite sentiment index now. It's mine. Uh, it's 60. 60. If it was at 85 or 90, yeah, you bet we'd be concerned. We, we would be selling. There's no question about it. 
if the fear and greed index was at 85 to 90 or better, and if the VIX was at, we'll call it 12 even, but 10 to 12, we would be taking profits now. But they're not, and we're not. The action's just too positive. Earnings are going to be too good. There's too much liquidity. Again, we, we, we laugh about this. Todd and I laugh about this, but we could literally, for the past year, about the last year, we could literally have opened this podcast every day and said $22 trillion in global fiscal and monetary stimulus. Don't fight the tape. Don't fight the Fed. Thank you for joining us. Goodbye. Because it's, it's really not more complicated than that. Uh, but, but then there are things, obviously, from a timing point of view, you know, no one wants to buy at the top if the market's about to have a 10% correction. By the way, we just had that. We just had 10% correction in both NASDAQ and Spawn and Russ 2000 in, in the first quarter. We're only in year one of the new bull market. We're only in year one of a new economic recovery. These tend to last five plus years. Remember, the last one lasted from 2009 to 2020. But what, what I don't like seeing, and again, this is the big negative for me, is that uh, the internals now have put up four out of the last five days have had negative readings. And I don't mean negative across the board, but then they almost were today. But I mean less than stellar because when the market's ramping higher, you, know, you want to see the internals confirm that. And we're not getting that. It's four out of five days today makes that the internals have been what we'll call poor. And they weren't good today. Uh, advanced decline, uh, NYSE was positive. Advanced decline, NASDAQ was negative, right? Uh, volume. Volume was negative on NASDAQ today. Uh, it came back at the close, still finished negative, about, about $300 million worth of trading, and slightly positive on NYSE. But again, when you have a Dow Jones up almost 300 points, you know these are not the kind of readings you want to see. SP 500 up 32 points. Again, not the kind of internals we want to see. These are an early warning system for us, and it works in both directions. But you can make the counter argument, and we've actually been making this this week, so I'm kind of arguing myself, that if the market keeps going up with bad internals, that's also a tell. That's also a tell. Um, so, again, not to, to put a damper on the party, it was a great week, great start to April. April, best month of the year since 1950. We're going to take all that. You know what? Stocks are moving. If you're a stock picker, this should be a pretty good time for you. Uh, so it was, a good, it was a good week. We just want to see the internals improve. We think they will next week. Uh, let's take a look at our sector watch today. Uh, again, good day. Not great. Good day. Uh, eight of 11 sectors finished high on the day. Healthcare up 1%. Consumer discretionary up 1%. Tech also up 1%. To the downside, really nothing to talk about. Energy down a half percent. Uh, the other two were essentially unchanged. In our commodity watch today, uh, gold has been basing over 1700 certainly looking better. The miners have been acting better. There's a big bearish channel that the miners have to break out of, and they continue to trade below the 200-day. Now, if you own copper stocks, you know, if you own base metal stocks, you, know, you wouldn't even know about this. The stocks are flying. Right? We love copper here. But uh, we, there's been some damage done to gold. Some damage done to precious metals miners. We think that gets resolved fairly quickly, and we are using this as a buying opportunity, by the way. Gold today down 14 at 17.43 an ounce. Silver down 28 cents an ounce at 25.30 an ounce. 
Copper today down four cents a pound at 405. Oil today down 28 cents a barrel at 59.31. And finally, Bitcoin just won't budge up 893, trading right now at 58,564 Bitcoin. It looks to us like a the next big move is coming higher. Uh, it might have a little more base work to do, but should you see a, a breakout through 62,000, that next move higher should be on. That's been the pattern. Uh, Bitcoin likes breakouts, and it tends to uh, do pretty well. Folks, as always, appreciate you listening. Hope you had a great week, an even better weekend. As always, join us full-time at VRAinsider.com. Again, VRAinsider.com. We'll see you back here again Monday after the close.